Hallelujah. I'm so blessed, amen, to be here and to worship and to give God some glory, some honor, and some praises. I tell you, the devil wanted to stop us in our tracks this week. If you knew all that I went through and all that me and my wife went through, you'll be praising the Lord also with me too. Early this week, my wife couldn't get up out of the bed because of ailments in her knee. But it gets even worse. The devil is a liar. In the middle of the week, my bridge broke in the front of my mouth. Yesterday, Kelly and I decided to go out and get something to eat. They had put something in temporary. And uh, so, we eating and I just hear something crunch. My bridge came out again. Early this morning, while you were maybe sleeping and slumbering, I got up. Drove all the way downtown to talk to the uh, doctor so they can put my bridge in permanently that I could come here and praise the Lord that you would not be looking at my mouth, that I can give God all the glory, all the honor, and all the praises. Amen. I'm excited. This is a triumphant Sunday for me. Amen. You may not receive that, but it's triumphant for all of us. Amen? If you will, would you turn with me in your Bible to Mark chapter 11, verses 1 to 11. The Bible says, Now when they drew near Jerusalem to Bethpage, and Bethany at the Mount of Olives. He sent two of his disciples, and he said to them, Go into the village opposite you. As soon as you have entered it, you will find a colt tied, on which no one has sat. Loose it and bring it. And if anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord has need of it, and immediately he will send it here. So they went their way and found the coat tied by the door outside on the street, and they loosed it. But some of those who stood there said to them, what are you doing loosing the coat? And they spoke to them and just as Jesus had commanded so they let them go. Then they brought the coat to Jesus and threw their clothes on it and sat and he sat on it. And many spread their clothes on the roof. And others cut down leafy branches from the trees and spread them on the roof. And those who went before and those who followed cried out saying, "Hosanna!" Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the kingdom of our father David that comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Jesus went into Jerusalem and into the temple. So when he had looked around at all things 
as the hours was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. I want to talk for a few moments about the destiny of the donkey. The destiny of the donkey. Let's look to the Lord in word prayer. Father, we thank you for this privilege and this honor to be in worship once again. God, we are grateful that you are allowing us to sit up under your word. Pray, God, that you will speak to us, that you will speak clear. God, that we will get the rhema word, the specific word for our needs. God, you know every need in this building. You know what we need to hear. God, allow us to take heed to your word and be doers of it. We simply ask that you would have your way today. Not our will, but your will be done. Not our way, but your way be done. We pray for an encounter with you today, that your Shekinah glory will fill this temple, that souls will be saved, saints will be edified, and most of all, God, that you will be glorified in this place. Get the glory to yourself, we pray, for it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. The destiny of the donkey. Have you ever thought of those little things? that Jesus asked for throughout his life. Things that we would not ordinarily want, but things that Christ thought was extremely important and essential to him. A drink of water in John chapter 4 to help quench his thirst. Some fish in John 6 to help feed a hungry multitude. A coin in Mark chapter 12 to pay his taxes. A child in Matthew 19 to illustrate who would be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. A towel in John 13 to wipe the feet of the disciples, thus exhibiting to the world what a humble spirit looks like and how to serve him and one another. Such were the necessities of Jesus, a drink of water some fish, a coin, a little child, and a towel. Not much of a list for the creator of the universe and the redeemer of mankind. But now, on this first day of the Passover week, this Palm Sunday, as we call it, the week in which the whole world has awaited and the week for which our Lord had come, now, of all times, we find him asking for a donkey. Notice the words of Christ in, verse, in these verses. He says, listen, go into the village opposite of you in which you are entering, and you shall find a donkey tied and on which yet no man has ever said, loose him and bring him here. Here, I say, was a donkey with a destiny. This amazing passage is recorded, records the triumphant entry of the Lord Jesus Christ into Jerusalem. It was this very Sunday morning that Jesus fulfilled the ancient prophecy that Lucy just talked about. Many centuries ago, Zechariah had written those words that she just read, saying, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter 
of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass, <laughs> and upon a coat and a fold of an ass. Amen. I was uh, joking with uh, Stephen the other day, and I think with, uh, with uh, Elder back there, and said, listen, I'm afraid that, you know, usually I said, turn to your neighbor and ask them, are you a donkey? But I'm afraid that you might turn to them and say, yeah, you really are a donkey in the literal sense. So I'm going to hold back from that. Amen? Amen. That prophecy was fulfilled on this occasion. The primary emphasis of this passage is the revelation of Jesus to Israel that he is their long-awaited Messiah and their leader and their king. The common man rejoiced in the appearance of the Lord Jesus, but the leaders of Israel rejected him. And before the next Sabbath day, Jesus would have been crucified because Israel rejected their king. But before Zechariah prophesied, Jacob pronounced a blessing on his son Judah. The Bible says in Genesis 49, verses 10 to 11, it says the scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet until he comes to whom it belongs. And the obedience of the nations is his. He will tether his donkey to a vine, his coat to the choicest branch. Jacob's prophecy meant that Israel, true king, will come from the tribe of Judah. And that is, in some way, he will be associated with a coat of a donkey. What is only hinted in Genesis has been made plain in the gospel. Jesus, the son of David, from the tribe of Judah, rode into Jerusalem on this day as Israel's rightful king. The teaching in this passage is glorious, but I don't want to just focus just on his triumphant entry. I want to hone in on that donkey. What a donkey that was. And you may not understand the significance of this donkey, but he is a blessed donkey. Can anybody agree with me about that? Amen. He is a blessed donkey. The Lord needed that donkey to fulfill his mission here on earth. Isn't that amazing? Jesus is God, and he could have done this any way he chose to. But he chose to use that little donkey. By the way, he is still using little donkeys to get his work done on earth. He uses the likes of you and me. Well, we aren't literal donkeys, but he does use us. He certainly does not need us, but he has graciously chosen to make us a part of his plan. He could have assigned a task to angels, but he chose to work through human instruments. I'm glad to be a part of the Lord's business. I'm glad he can use a little donkey like me. Anybody else glad about that this morning? Let me mention a few facts about this little donkey, and I'll be out your way. I think there's some things here 
that will bless our heart. First of all, this day started out like every day there in Bethany and Bethphage. Mothers got up and dressed their kids, farmers tilling their land, people scurrying along the way. Jesus calls his disciples to him. Go over to the next town, and there you will find a donkey tied. Isn't that amazing? There's some stuff about this donkey that's going to bless your heart this morning. This donkey was tied right there. Isn't that amazing that Jesus knew right over in the next town that donkey be right there where he said it would be. Go right where I told you and he'll be right there. So many times we worry about tomorrow. If Jesus knows about a donkey in the next town, he knows all about your situations right now that you're in. Stop worrying about tomorrow. Jesus knows exactly what's going on with you right now. He knows every tear you have cried. He knows the pain that's in your heart. He knows your sickness. He knows the things that gives you anxiety. He knows everything about you. You ought to give God some praises that we have a God who is omnipotent, who's omniscient. He sees everything. He knows everything. And he's all powerful. He knew already that that coat would be there, that donkey. And guess what? He knows all about you too. He knows where you're at. He knows your walk. He knows your love for him. He knows your devotions for him. He knows where you're at right now. It's okay to put on your church face in front of me and Pastor Stephan. It's okay how, praise the Lord, everything's lovely. Everything is blessed. It's okay to put that front on for me, but Jesus knows. He knows your heart. He knows your pain. He knows where, how you walk. He knows where you were last night. He knows your desire. He knows everything about us. Yeah. 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 Woo! I'm glad that he knows everything. And because he knows everything, he can work out everything on our behalf. What about that? A donkey? Why a donkey? Come on, preacher, help me out. Why a donkey? Well, you know, if I wanted to make some noise and come into town and be known, I would have came in with my chariot bins coming down the road, beep, beep, bouncing my noise loud. If I wanted all the attention, I would have came in with horses, the best horses I had, trumpets blowing, everything. Jesus said, listen, I am a king, but I'm not the king that you're trying to ascribe me to or make me be. I didn't come to cause war. I didn't come for retribution against the Romans. I came in peace to show you how peace looks, how to be a king in the midst of this situation. And all you Israelites, all you that are bowing down because you realize and recognize I'm the king, I'm not coming for that purpose. So I'm going to mount myself up 
on a coat. And I'm going to come in Jerusalem, not the way that you expect me to be, but the way that I know who I am. You know, you ain't got to be all dressed up. You ain't got to be all fancy. You ain't got to be all deep. Amen. You ain't got to be all colorful to be known. Some folks go to the extreme to get attention. You know when certain people in the house, hey, it's me in the house. It's me. You know, I mean, they draw all the attention to themselves. Some people just like a lot of attention. Jesus said, listen, it ain't about me. I came to demonstrate you, to you this parable that you don't even understand, you don't even see. While you are still worshiping me and throwing your cloaks down here, while you're throwing your clothes down, you don't even understand what this day is all about. I see all the way down the road. There's a Calvary that I have to go to. There's a Resurrection Sunday that you will experience. You didn't even understand that. And you rejected me because I didn't come in the manner that you thought I would. That's why he rode in a donkey, to illustrate to them, I am a different king. My kingdom is not of this world. I didn't come to fight your battles down. In fact, the battle's already won. You don't even understand that. There's three things about this donkey that I want to draw your attention to. First of all, that donkey had to be redeemed. According to the word of God, that donkey was only alive and available to the Lord because it had been redeemed by its owner. It's right there in the text. Go over to the next uh, village, and there's a donkey there. That owner had purchased that coat. That owner owned that coat. Jesus says it was set aside by the owner. The same could be said of us today. In our natural state, we are dead in our trespasses. In our natural state, we are God's enemies. In our natural state, we are given over to the lust of the flesh. In our natural state, we are under the condemnation of the Almighty God. In our natural state, we were fit for nothing but a fiery pit. In our natural state, we were useless to God and separated from Him by a wide gulf of sin. That was our natural state. God seeing us in our natural state. God says, listen, I see where you're at. The Bible says, while we were yet sinners in our natural state, Christ stepped into our situation. I thank God that he didn't leave us in that state. He saved us by his grace. Changed us completely. He gave us his life, everlasting life, new life, heavenly life, and abundant life. He delivered us from the penalty, from the power, and the presence of sin. 
He bridged the gulf between us and him. That is the only reason you and I have any usefulness to the Lord today. Praise God for the redeeming power of the blood of Jesus Christ. Just so we understand, redemption is not an option. It is a necessity. Jesus put it this way to Nicodemus. Ye must be born again. Without the new birth, you are lost in your sins. You will notice the Lord did not say be baptized, join the church, turn over a new leaf, or do good things. The Lord told Nicodemus that he needed a new life. Redemption is not something that happens because you join a church or because you get baptized. It's not something that comes to you because you stop committing a sin. It is not something you get being a better person. Salvation comes when a lost sinner is convicted of his sin and looks away by faith to the Lord Jesus for salvation. And somebody ought to give God some praises because you know that was the type of encounter that you had with God's grace. Totally unconnected with any works of the flesh. Have you been redeemed in the sanctuary? If you've been redeemed, the Bible says that you ought to say so. If you've been redeemed by the Lord, you ought to say so in the sanctuary. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for redeeming me. I was once lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, could not see. I've been redeemed. <laughs> Woo. I feel good because my choppers ain't going nowhere. My, my, my. I'm telling you, I'm excited, y'all. This work. <laughs> you and I will only be useful to the Lord when we've been redeemed by his blood from our lost condition. Not only that, this donkey had to be redeemed, but also he had to be released. When Jesus told the disciples about the little donkey, he told them who would, who would, where, he would, where they would find him tied up. They were to untie the donkey and bring it to Jesus, which is what they did. That little donkey was bound and it needed to be set free before the Lord could use it. When Jesus found us, we were just like that little donkey. Before you and I can be of any use to him, the chains of our sins must be broken. We must be set free. This donkey was tied down in the place of green figs, and that means frustration. They never had anything on their back before thus never reached their intended destiny. The enemy wants to tie you down, wants to tie us down in frustration like this donkey. He uses many ropes, you know, sin, sickness, depression, bitterness, hate, religion, tradition, debt, 
and etc. He takes ropes and ties us down to it. Jesus sent his disciples to untie the donkey and to bring it to him out of that place of frustration. Aren't you tired of being tied down in that situation that you've been in going in over and over and over again? Are you sick and tired of it? Are you tired of being tied down by the duck? Somebody ought to claim today, 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 I proclaim I will not be tied down in that situation anymore. I declare unto you this morning that situation will not have me bound anymore. I proclaim I stand on the word of God this morning. I'm not going to be angry anymore. I'm not going to lash out at people anymore. I'm not going to be in debt anymore. Somebody ought to declare that in their heart this morning. You ain't got to be bound anymore. You are free in Jesus. He got the power to loose you and break every chain, to rip every rope off of you. Woo! Somebody need to receive that this morning. Somebody need to receive that. You didn't even want to get up this morning. You couldn't even lift up the blind. You didn't even want to get out the bed. You got situations going on. You ought to declare victory this morning in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We got the victory. I feel my help. I feel it. I feel it, Holy Spirit. I feel it. Hallelujah. You got the victory this morning. And that's not even on my notes this morning. Somebody in this sanctuary, you got ropes all around you, and you need to shake them all. This ain't emotionalism. This ain't some joke. This is real. You are bounded. You are in some situation that you ain't got to keep walking in. You ain't got to stay in. You need to break the chains off and walk in the victory of Jesus. No more stagnation, but rather a new direction. I don't know if you know it or not, but we're born into this world as slaves to sin. The Bible says a man born a woman is a few days full of sin. We were shaped in iniquity. In our mother wounds, we had a sin issue because of the fall in the garden. In that condition, we are useless to the Lord. We cannot serve him. We cannot live for him. We cannot bring him glory to his name. We were useless in that bound up state, tied down condition. You notice I said we were useless. We're not useless to the Lord because we got the victory in the Lord. I praise his name that this is just what he does to his saints. He comes to where we are and he gives us liberty. He delivers us from the bondage of sin. He gives us a new desire to follow him and serve him. He makes us a new creature, creation in Jesus. He moves and takes up residence in our body. He gives us freedom from sin, self, and Satan. I don't know if the Lord has ever released you from anything, but I know that if he has, you need to praise him 
for what he's done. I don't know if he ever released you from a drug habit. I don't know if he ever released you from alcoholism. I don't know if he ever released you from whoremonging. I don't know what your testimony is, but we all got a testimony up in this sanctuary. He found us somewhere. He delivered us from where we were, brought us out of darkness into the marvelous light. And you ought to give God some praises. The Bible says in verse 6, in his verse 6, he says, listen, straightway he will send him hither. I like that. The Lord will send the donkey right back as soon as he is finished with it. In other words, Jesus tells his men to tell the people who own the donkey that he will return their property as soon as he's through with it. When that donkey came back, it was better than it was when it left. When it left, it was unbroken and untried. When it came home, it was ready for the saddle. That's just what the Lord does. He takes what we give him, and when he gives it back, it's far better than it was when, we, when he got it. Somebody needs this morning to give him your anxiety, and he will give you back peace that passeth all understanding. Give him your closed door, and he will give you an open door. Give him your problems, and he will work them out. Give him your tithes, and he will open up the windows of heaven. Give him your lemons of your life, and he will give you lemonade. Give him your hand when you are confused, and he will lead you on. Give him an Abram, a lost pagan, and he will give you back Abraham, a mighty man of faith. Give him your Jacob, a schemer, a trickster, and he will give you back an Israel, a prince of God. Give him your Saul of Tarsus, a mean, cruel man, and he will give you back a Paul, a mighty apostle for God. Give him your Simon, a weak, facilitating man, and he will give you back a Peter, a rock for Jesus. Give him all of you, hallelujah, and he will use you for his glory. Give him everything. He'll take it and make it better. Give him your broken, skin-starred life, and he will give you back a new start, a new life, and a home in heaven. Whatever you do, my sister and brother, give it all to him. Because in the master hand, there's more than enough. In my hand, there's not enough. Give it all to the master. Whatever he touched. That's what I like about Martha. I mean, Mary. I mean, Mary, the mother of Jesus. Those are two, those men that had those pots uh, and the wine ran out. She looked at them like, you don't know who's here, right? Whatever he tells you to do, you do it. This morning, whatever the Lord is telling you to do, you ought to give it to him. He's been telling you over and over again, just give it to me. I got it. I can handle it. 
I know what your situation, I know your pain. I can handle it. I'm bigger than that. You ought to give it to him. Stop carrying the load that you were not meant to carry. You're not built like that. You know, Ford says you built Ford tough, right? You ain't built Ford tough like that. Because when the trials and tribulation of life come in, and the winds start blowing, and it gets dark all around us, many of us, our faith shrinks in those situations. That's when we need to cling on that person who's bigger than us, that rock that's at the bottom of our rock. That's who we need to give all our stuff to. Put it in Jesus' hand. Amen? But not only that, lastly, before I get out your way, that donkey had to be ruled. Someone had to take charge over that donkey. Verse 2 tells us, it's right there in the text, tells us that the donkey had never been broken for ride. It was a wild animal. That little donkey, that wild donkey needed a master. It was wild, yet submitted itself to the Lord Jesus and yielded to his control. That donkey wasn't frightened by the crowds or by their noise. It simply surrendered itself to the Lord totally. That, that donkey never had been broken. And that Jesus was riding it is a miracle. Of course, the Bible tells us he has dominion over all creation. That little donkey surrendered to the Lord's sovereignty and yielded to his authority. That is exactly what he expects of us. He is looking for total submission and total surrender from our life. Corey Tinbloom said it like this. She was once asked if it were difficult for her to remain humble. Her reply was simple. When Jesus rode into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday on the back of a donkey and everyone was waving palm branches and throwing garments on the road and singing praises, do you think for one moment it ever entered into the head of the donkey that any of that was for him? She continued to say, if I can be the donkey on which Jesus Christ rides in his glory, I'll give him all the praises and all the honor. But let's face the truth, y'all. Some people have a real problem with authority. There are folks who just have a hard time with the idea of someone having authority over them, whether it's their parents at home, their boss at work, or their pastor at the church. They have a hard time with authority. The fact is, there will always be someone over us. In the home, the husband is to be the head of the home. I know that idea is old-fashioned, but you need to take that up with the Lord. In the home, the parents are to have authority over their children. On the job, the boss is the person in authority. I know most people think their job exists for their benefit and that they can do as they please. But that is not God's way. In the church, the pastor is the person in authority. 
authority in a local, local church rests on the Lord Jesus Christ. And he gives his authority to lead to that man he calls the under-shepherd of that assembly. You show me someone who's not submissive to the authority figures God has ordained in their lives. And I will show you someone who's not submitted to the lordship of Jesus Christ. It's as simple as that. Lordship. He can't, you can't divorce Jesus being Lord. You can't divorce him being Christ, your Savior, and denying him as Lord. If he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. Hallelujah. He is Lord, and he ought to rule, and he desires to rule in your life. But guess what? Every time he goes to mount up on us, to guide us through our situation, just like that donkey, we buck and we kick. We buck and we kick. We buck and we kick. We shake Jesus off. Every time Jesus wants to ride us through our situation, just like that unbridled donkey, we buck and we kick. And we realize and recognize we got some situations, some pains and scars in our lives. Because every time he tries to mount up on us and ride us through that situation, we decide, you know what, Jesus? I, I don't need you in this. I, I can handle this all by my, get off me. And I'm just going to walk into this myself. And we got the repercussions of that. Some of us can testify this morning. We got some scars and some pains. We got some hurts. We got some bruises. We got some wounds. Because every time Jesus wanted to get on and ride us through that situation, we decided to take the mantles of the rain. And we're just going to ride through it ourselves. And then we run into the enemy. And the enemy is much greater, much stronger, and more powerful than we are. And we wind up being knocked down off of our horse. The Bible says, and I love this, in our text, that he says, listen, not only that I want to rule and reign over him, but I had need of him. When did God ever need anything? Here's what God has to say about his own needs, which is a paradox to our Lord's earthly life. He was rich, yet he became poor. He owned all things, yet he possessed nothing. He created the stars, yet he had nowhere to lay his own head. He fashioned everything there out of nothing, yet he had to borrow a boat to preach his gospel. He created every drop of water that exists in the world, yet he cried, I thirst, as he was dying on the cross. He created every tree, but he died on a borrowed cross. He created every rock, but he had to borrow a tomb in which to be buried. He used the clouds as his chariot. Yet he had to borrow a donkey on which to ride. That is the paradox of his life. He was rich, yet made himself poor, so that those who believe on him might enjoy his riches. The Lord could have saved sinners and accomplished his work on earth, but just fine without us. But yet he chose to use frail human instruments for his glory. When we are like that donkey, redeemed, released, and ruled. 
he can use us too. You know, being a little donkey isn't bad, that bad at all, you know, especially when Jesus is your master. Look at what this donkey did. He got to carry the king of glory into Jerusalem. The Lord used him as a vehicle to get glory to his name. That's what he wants to do with us. He wants to use you. He wants to use me to get glory to his name. He just wants to mount up on us and ride us through our situation to guide us and direct us. He wants to get glory out of our lives. You ought to acknowledge this morning, if you need to be redeemed, if you need salvation, you ought to give your life to the Lord this morning. If you need to be released from sin, some sin that's had you tied down, you need to acknowledge that this morning. If you need to be ruled, if you need Jesus to be Lord over your life, I know you might know him as Savior, but you need to allow him to be Lord over your life. Today is your day. I thank Jesus that he still uses ordinary people like you and I. And I declare in my heart this morning, and I don't know about you, but this is where I'm at. Lord, you can use anything. Lord, you can use me. Take my hands and take my feet. Lord, if you can use anything, you can use me. Take my heart and speak through me. Lord, if you can use anything, you can use me. I present my body to you this morning as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord, which is my reasonable service. Lord, if you can use anything, take me, Lord. Take my eyes, Lord, and use them. Take my tongue, Lord, and use them. Take my hands, Lord, and you take my feet and use them. Lord, if you can use anything, you can use me. That's okay. That's okay. Rocks, could you cry out and give God some praises? He's using those rocks right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is that your testimony? If that's your testimony this morning, if the Lord can use you, why don't you stand to your feet and surrender your life to the Lord, all of you, to the Lord this morning.